0: CHAPTER 74 OF THE MAN WHO LAUGHS BY VICTOR HUGO This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by William Tomko THE MAN WHO LAUGHS BY VICTOR HUGO SECTION 74 PART 2 BOOK THE FOURTH CHAPTER 7 shuddering. When Gwynplaine heard the wicket shut, creaking in all its bolts, he trembled. It seemed to him that the door which had just closed was the communication between light and darkness, opening on one side on the living, human crowd, and on the other on a dead world. And now that everything illumined by the sun was behind him, that he had stepped over the boundary of life and was standing without it, his heart contracted. What were they going to do with him? what did it all mean? Where was he? He saw nothing around him. He found himself in perfect darkness. The shutting of the door had momentarily blinded him. The window in the door had been closed as well. No loophole, no lamp. Such were the precautions of old times. It was forbidden to light the entrance to the jails so that newcomers should take no observations. Gwynplaine extended his arms and touched the wall on the right side and on the left. He was in a passage. Little by little a cavernous daylight exuded. No one knows whence, and which floats about dark places, and to which the dilation of the pupil adjusts itself slowly, enabled him to distinguish a feature here and there, and the corridor was vaguely sketched out before him. Gwynplaine, who had never had a glimpse of penal severities, save in the exaggerations of Ursus, felt as though seized by a sort of vague, gigantic hand. To be caught in the mysterious toils of the law is frightful. He who is brave in all other dangers is disconcerted in the presence of justice. Why is it that the justice of man works in twilight, and the judge gropes his way? Gwynplaine remembered what Ursus had told him of the necessity for silence he wished to see dea again he felt some discretionary instinct which urged him not to irritate sometimes to wish to be enlightened is to make matters worse on the other hand however the weight of the adventure was so overwhelming that he gave way at length and could not restrain a question gentlemen said he whither are you taking me they made no answer it was a law of silent capture and norman text is formal a silentiariis ostio prepositis introducti sunt. This silence froze Gwynplaine. Up to that moment, he had believed himself to be firm. He was self-sufficing. To be self-sufficing is to be powerful. He had lived isolated from the world and imagined that being alone, he was unassailable. And now, all at once, he felt himself under the pressure of a hideous collective force. How was he to combat that horrible anonymous? the law? He felt faint under the perplexity. A fear of an unknown character had found a fissure in his armor. Besides, he had not slept. He had not eaten. He had scarcely moistened his lips with a cup of tea. The whole night had been passed in a kind of delirium, and the fever was still on him. He was thirsty, perhaps hungry. The craving of the stomach disorders everything, since the previous evening all kinds of incidents had assailed him the emotions which had tormented had sustained him without the storm a sail would be a rag but his was the excessive feebleness of the rag which the wind inflates till it tears it he felt himself sinking was he about to fall without consciousness on the pavement to faint is the resource of a woman and the humiliation of a man he hardened himself but he trembled he felt as one losing his footing end of section seventy four recording by william tomco